Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Mark Becker, a podcast produced by Georgia State University. You can find this episode wherever you listen to podcasts. In this and future podcasts, I sit down with leaders who are shaping the future of higher education in America and beyond. We'll dive into the challenging challenges and opportunities facing higher education, as well as explore policies and practices that show promise of a brighter future. Hope that you will find these conversations stimulating, stimulating and thought-provoking. And if you do, please subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. Again, I'm your host, Georgia State President Mark Becker. And today, my guest is Bill Moses, the Managing Director of the Education Program for the Kresge Foundation. Bill, welcome back to Georgia State. Pleasure to be here. I'm really glad to have you here. And, um, you know, we've done a lot of work together in the past. But if you would um, kick things off for us, our audiences, say a little bit about the Kresge Foundation's priorities in the education space and how the Kresge Foundation is, is a player in the future of higher education. Sure. So we're a national foundation based in Detroit, Michigan. And the overall goal of the foundation is to promote opportunity for low-income people in America's cities. But the education team is focused on promoting access and success for low-income, first-generation, and underrepresented students while trying to reduce or ideally remove all equity-based outcomes differences. And we work uh, in the United States, and we have South Africa as an addition, is our only mm -hmm. international work at the Kresge Foundation. So tell us more about South Africa and the work that you're doing in South Africa, because, you know, it's uh, the United States is your primary focus, but I know you have made grants in South Africa and you personally have been involved with the, some of the work there. Sure. So in South Africa, we focused originally on building the capacity of South African institutions to raise more private funds. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of state universities, like Georgia State, I'm sure, a lot of government funding has been going down to universities in South Africa. And so they were trying to find new sources of revenue. And the big ways to get more revenue at a public university are either the state or to get more uh, revenue from students in terms mm -hmm. of fees or to get philanthropic donations. And so we were trying to build the capacity of South African universities to build philanthropic donations. That started about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And in the last couple of years, it's really institutionalized. So I don't know, about two, 2015 to 2018, they were raising a, a group of about half the universities in the country were raising about 659 million rand. Mm -hmm. And it's now gone up to 1.6 billion rand. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty significant yeah, More than doubling, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that was the original start. But more recently, we've been focused on student success mm -hmm. and very similar to the kind of work that we've supported Georgia State to do mm -hmm. and others. And that's a program called Sia Pumalela, which means we succeed in Aosa, which is a language of Southeast South Africa. Mm -hmm. So in South Africa, are you working across the entire nation or specifically in, say, Johannesburg, Cape Town, a few places, Pretoria? Or what's the, the, the breadth of the institutions you've worked with? It, the program has been open to everybody in the country, but most of our grants have ended up landing in um, Johannesburg and in Pretoria. And then we have a grant in uh, Durban and in Port Elizabeth and Bloemfontein. Okay. Uh, but we, we're expanding that work, and we may have additional cities to announce soon. So 15 years, you said, you've been there in the last three to five years around the student success work. That's right. Um, so they're raising more funds philanthropically to support the universities. Is, is that sort of to just keep the universities affordable or do you actually see those that leading to the universities actually being able to enhance what they've been able to do in areas of student success and 
And, and if, if to the extent you could um, sort of share with us some of the challenges that South Africa has in terms of student success. Sure. So I think some of the money is going to to basically maintain the status quo because they've been losing uh, resources in other places. In other cases, it's about excellence and research, but a lot of it is going to financial aid or it's going to ways in which they can support students better. South Africa has a couple of very unique problems. Right. One, of course, it was apartheid, and they had a system called Bantu education. And what Bantu education did was it, it basically relegated people by race to certain institutions. Mm -hmm. And because of the nature of apartheid, white students got the most financial support and the best universities, and black students got much less quality. Mm -hmm. And um, their institutions were often quite isolated, uh, didn't have the best scholars. And when apartheid ended, a lot of those students um, voted with their feet and went to white institutions. Mm -hmm. And so there was a big consolidation of universities about, about 10 years ago. Okay. So they went from about 45, 47 universities to about 26 universities today. Um, so you've got this tradition, then you have the, the sort of legacy of bad primary schooling and secondary schooling. Mm -hmm. So a lot of students who come from rural areas or come from townships aren't as well prepared for school. And then when they get to college, they or university as they would call it, they they have the challenges that of of hunger or of food insecurity. Exactly, yep. Yep. similar problems. I liken it. It's the same issues we have here, right. but on a, a relatively bigger scale right. and more exaggerated. Mm -hmm. So you'll go to a, a residence hall at a South African university, and there might be a student who lives in a, a wonderful suburban house, a villa, mm -hmm. with who drives a brand new uh, German automobile. And he is living next door to someone who, for the first time ever, is now living in um, in, in a proper accommodation mm -hmm. housing, whereas his family is living maybe in a shack. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've got this really radical extremes of wealth inequality. Mm -hmm. And so with the work with student success, you know, you're building on models that you've seen in the U.S. and that it's working in some of the urban institutions you've supported? Exactly. So we've uh, taken them for about six or eight years to achieving the dream, which is the big community mm -hmm. college reform network. Uh, they've attended the UIA, the University Innovation uh, mm -hmm. Alliance, of course, Georgia State's a founding member of, to sort of learn the best ideas that people have seen in the United States. They've many of them have made treks to Georgia State. You've gone to Georgia. Uh, you've gone to South Africa. Tim Rennick has gone to South Africa, and the idea is to see you know what might be applicable and this idea of you know, not focusing so much on whether students are university ready, but are universities student ready for a new generation of right. students who may not have the same uh, opportunities in life or the same uh, resources, but who clearly have the same intelligence. They just need to be supported in a different way. Do you see the, the mindset and the commitment of the South African universities, particularly the what I'll call the historically most prestigious ones, shifting to being student ready as opposed to, you know, the, I would conjecture to guess and tell me if I'm wrong, that historically it's been, well, you just send us the best students and we'll see who's good enough. Well, exactly that. In fact, it's the same story that we have here. Look to your right, look to your left. And those people are going to probably not be here at the end of your term or the end of your uh, career here. And they've said, you know, is this really the proper way to educate a population is to rather than sorting people out, it's the people you have, how do you get them to the finish line? And in fact, that's true. And the, um, some of the most prestigious universities have been involved in the program, but we're expanding to a new cohort mm -hmm. uh, and we'll be announcing that fairly soon. 
And um, some of the most prestigious universities in the country have, in fact, applied to join the new cohort. Okay. So as there well. really is a, a, a shifting mindset of, of what I'll call the, uh, the historically uh, prestigious universities in South Africa. Yeah, I think that they realize they can't be successful just go creaming the, the top because the society as a whole needs more than just that population can provide. Well, it's very similar to the U.S. and actually to the entire world is, you know, that uh, any um, human talent that's not developed is human talent lost or human talent wasted. This is exactly true. And I think that as the 21st century requires more and more educated people to make it successful, you have to start looking at people that used to not be allowed in those universities, whether it was women or people of color or whatever group was ignored, uh, bringing low-income people, bringing everybody into the system so you can benefit from all of their uh, intelligence. So as you look to the future, what do you see as probably the biggest challenge that the South African universities face today, other than resources? You know, everybody always right. needs more money. I haven't met a university president yet who said they have all the resources they need. You know, it's, it, I, I think one of the biggest challenges is, in fact, remaking the higher education system in South Africa for the 21st century. Mm -hmm. They've doubled enrollment since, since Freedom came in 1994, which is great. But traditionally, their graduation rates are the same as they were under apartheid. So there are many more students in the system. The this, this system looks like South Africa. But it's as leaky as it always was. Exactly. And so it's, it's really fixing that student success to make sure students do well. And interestingly enough, just as in the United States, um, men tend to not do as well as women. Uh, students of color tend not to do as well as white students. And so, you know, fixing those gaps, I think, is mm -hmm. critically important. You know, so you mentioned the UIA, you mentioned the Georgia State, and Tim Reddick and I both have been to South Africa, and Tim has been an advisor for, or a speaker for some of these sessions. But you know, one of the uh, priorities at Georgia State with our student success work has been to explore not only to the extent to which it can be successful here, but the which extent to which it can be replicated, adapted, or scaled at other institutions. Mm -hmm. And certainly that's with the, the entire idea of the University Innovation Alliance right. is to find you know, good ideas at a, at a variety of places, but see if they can be replicated and scaled. Um, are, are you seeing an uptake in South Africa of some of the things they've experienced from achieving the dream, the UIA, uh, visits to Georgia State and other institutions? We are. I think one of the biggest is this mindset change mm -hmm. where it's often when they talk about student success, they say, well, this is located in our learning and teaching department, which is fine, you know, but a lot of the innovations that Georgia State has really worked on and really made its name out of have not had much to do with the classroom per se, exactly. but it's the attitude of the institution, how it supports students. And so a lot of our um, existing grantees really embrace that. But as new applicants have come in, they've often talked about, you know, learning and teaching. And again, mm -hmm. that's that there's always room for improvement, but it's yeah. interesting. Well, that, well then, then that's, you know, same thing happens here in the U.S. You know, people say, well, you know, what did you do? And was there this faculty committee or whatever? But when I think about the state way, which mm -hmm. is, you know, we've hashtagged the state way sure. we, we, we use very proudly. Um, you know, the, I, you look at the work of Tim Rennick and his team, uh, which now is literally a thousand people, including all of student affairs mm -hmm. and all the different support parts. You know, Tim, um, comes at this these issues from what I'll call a design thinking approach right. and looks at how does the student experience the institution. You know, that includes what happens in the classroom, 
But a lot of the things that trip students up, and I'll go back to what you said earlier, is are things outside the classroom that keep them from being in the classroom, whether it's access to food, access to housing, other financial or personal challenges that get in the way. So really looking at how do you design the student experience so that it is not working against the student, but instead working in support of the student. And so that's that is a mindset, and I think that's um, you know it's it's an important part of the work that um, has been accomplished here under Tim's leadership, and you know the extent to which that could be replicated, uh, particularly in a country like South Africa, who has you know this very recent history and has um, you know an amazing population and a lot of work to do, but also the, apparently the will and the desire to actually um, educate the entire society, um, very unlike the past. Well, it's actually very gratifying. The Department of Higher Education and Training, which has recently merged with the Department of Science and Technology in South Africa, but they they have been really wonderful partners. At first, they were reasonably skeptical, you know, yeah. what's going on, what's going to happen, but they've been participating in uh, achieving the DREAM conferences. They've participated in other seminars and training. They have reorganized some of their... Um, capacity development grants, mm -hmm. to be able to take up some of the uh, success strategies that mm -hmm. some of the grantees have learned in um, UIA functions or ATD functions. So it's we're seeing the state sort of try to reorganize these institutions towards student success, not to reduce quality, of course, but to really think about how do we make sure students learn what they need to learn mm -hmm. and how does the university do that best? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I know you're well aware of Tony Carnavale's work mm -hmm. at, at Georgetown, and, you know, he's written recently about the very fact that institutions with similar students are seeing different outcomes, right. suggests the issues are at the institutions and not with the students. And are you seeing some institutions in South Africa sort of stepping to the front as being those institutions that will, in a sense, be the role models for others to follow? Yeah, I think so. Uh, University of the Free State, uh, which was a traditional Afrikaans university mm -hmm. and is largely undergraduate, some graduate programs, they have been a real leader in the system. They've looked at developmental math innovation in the United States. Right. They've been working on that. They've looked at um, advising um, and worked with Georgia State mm -hmm. on that. And then you also have some of the most elite institutions like University of Witwatersrand looking at data analytics and predictive analytics mm -hmm. to say students who grew up in rural areas um, what can be done to support them when they get, say, for example, to a lab class, but they've never been in a lab because mm -hmm. their high schools didn't have they them. They didn't have labs. Okay. Right. Fascinating. Well, Bill, it's um, real exciting to see the work that Kresge is supporting in South Africa, and certainly we'll be watching and look forward to working with you on you know that and other projects in the future. So it's been a pleasure. Great talking to you, Mark. Thank you. Know, you. It's my pleasure. Uh, this has been Conversations with Mark Becker, a podcast produced by Georgia State University. And you've been listening to a conversation with Bill Moses, uh, the Managing Director of the Education Program for the Kresge Foundation. To hear future conversations with leaders who are helping shape the future of higher education, you will find conversations with Mark Becker wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe so that you do not miss future episodes. Goodbye and thank you. <laughs>